0: Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary, Fran, and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant.
1: Hey, everyone. Before we dive into this week's episode, we have a resource that we wanted to tell you about transform every week
0: of yours with our brilliance bit that will deliver right to your email inbox. Sign up for it at brilliantlyresilient.net and keep living brilliantly resilient. Hey, everybody. It's Kristen Smedley, just one half of the dynamic duo that is brilliantly resilient. I am on the mic solo today as Mary Fran Bontempo, my partner in crime, is off sharing her brilliance with the world. We have so much going on that we are tag teaming on some of our favorite episodes to reshare with all of you. You're going to hear some of mine some of uh, Mary Franz from her, and some we're going to do together. But both of us, it was like a tug of war over who got to do the intro for this favorite one today because this is one of our new buddies, best buddies, and the most brilliant man from uh, across the pond, as we say here in the United States, our buddy Chris Ducker. This episode with him that you're about to hear was just extraordinary, first of all. But the really cool thing is, we've been involved now with Chris and his team at the Upreneur Academy, which you're going to hear about in this episode. And that is why you may be a new listener here at our brilliant the Resilient podcast, because working with Chris, we have really grown this mission by leaps and bounds and have so many new people coming in to impact with this brilliant mission that we've been blessed to be able to do. So listen in to this episode and you're going to love Chris as much as we do. You're going to hear him talk in the beginning about a really big reset that he had to do. So if you are in that process right now of, whoa, curveballs, sucker punches, things aren't going right, and you need to reset and then rise with action, you are just going to love diving in to the first half of this episode. And then for those of you that just did all that, you've been with us for a while, you had to do your reset, you had to do your rise, and you really want to focus on the brilliance part and uncover what that means. You are absolutely going to love what Chris has to say about brilliance and your zone of genius, specifically at the 26 minute mark, Chris goes into discovering your zone of genius and why it is so important to live the life of you, sharing you with the world, all that is you. And it actually makes your life a heck of a lot easier. So. Without further ado, enjoy our friend Chris Ducker from Youpreneur. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. We are already on a party train, so excited for our guest today and we were having a ball and we almost forgot to even record this. So it was going off on wild tangents about where all of us live and where we visited. We are joined today by somebody that actually helped me personally launch my entrepreneur journey years ago, as I was obsessed with his YouTube videos, his youpreneur information. And I know that you all are going to get so much value out of his journey and his brilliance today. Our new buddy, Chris Dunker. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris.
2: I am so scared right now. You <laughs> too are. <laughs>
1: Well played, this is a very
2: intimidating situation for me at this current moment in time, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great.
1: We
0: have that effect on everyone. Trust yeah. me. When, yeah. when, look, when the when Rob Angel, who who created Pictionary, you know, the biggest game on the planet, came into our our little Zoom room, he was kind of like a deer in headlights. He's our best <laughs> friend now. So it's all good. It all there ends you well. You just don't
1: necessarily know from the beginning. Okay, And The fact that there's an ocean between us doesn't hurt either. So I'm just going to put that out there.
2: This is a good point.
1: What ta- what, where actually are
0: you, Chris?
2: So I'm based in Cambridge here in England, and uh, we've been back here now. Um, I mean, if you've been following me that long, you know that we were based over in the Philippines for a long time. Uh, but we've been we've been back here now for two and a half years and we love it. You know, we love being back in England. It's great. I'm I'm looking out over the English countryside here out of my uh, office window. and We're very blessed.
0: Wow. Fancy. I'm looking at snow, Chris. I'm looking at snow that won't stop coming oh, we,
2: we had snow for about an hour about a month ago, and it was oh, unforgettable. Geez. That was great.
0: The states are upside down and backwards. We've got it in Texas. We've got it here in Philly. It's like, all right, well, we're going to have a white Christmas in 21 because it's still going to be here. It's never going to stop. <laughs> okay, so I digress. So here's here's the thing that actually makes me smile. I'm looking at your website. And and for, for all of you that don't uh, know Chris yet, the website tagline says, Helping entrepreneurs build a profitable, future-proof business. It should have after that, dot, 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 because you do so much around that topic and it extends so far. But I have, I have been so interested ever since that, that we connected through Clubhouse to be able to schedule this interview. I'm so interested in how you got into all of this. Being so, I said to Mary Fran, I, I said, Chris is like the, the kindest giver. You are constantly giving information and value to people's lives to help so many people build their businesses. But how did you, let's take it way back, Chris. Tell us all about the journey. (laughs) How did you get into this?
2: Oh my gosh. I mean, so, I mean, I guess at the core, when I look at myself now still, after kind of almost 17 years of building businesses, I still look at myself as a sales and marketing guy. That's it. Uh, one, I'll bet with a slightly dodgy voice cause I've been batching videos over the last couple of days. So I, I apologize for that. <clears throat> but I, um, I, you know, that's what I do. I'm a sales and marketing guy. I left college, uh, six months in much to my father's dismay, you know, I hmm. didn't talk to me for like three months. Um, and he's an intimidating dude. He was like six, four, you know, he was, he was a scary man. And when he doesn't talk to you, that's even scarier, you know, Yeah. um, yeah, I kind of, you know, I, I, I just, I wasn't feeling the whole further education thing and got involved in the publishing business uh, here in the UK. And um, I was in that business right the way up to the year 2000, late 2000, when I went out to the Philippines, I was headhunted um, and went out there to manage uh, sales teams, um, did a couple of years of consulting work over there, bumped into uh, the infomercial industry as well um, hung out with guys like, you know, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank and all those kind of guys and did did a lot of the whole kind of uh, the scripting, the voiceovers, you know, the kind of, but wait, there's more if you call and all that kind of (laughs) stuff. Like I did all that kind of stuff for a while and it was fun. Um, But I had, I I kind of, I had a a little bit of a kind of a, a mini breakdown after my father passed away in 2002. And um my mom went a couple years before him, then my father, and that was like kind of you start kind of looking at your life and what's going on, and you're mm-hmm. thinking, where do I want to be? What do I want to do? Et cetera, et cetera. And so we um I, I I kind of took a bit of a break for a while, met my wife, um, fell in love, obviously got married, and then we said, you know, what the heck, let's open up a call center facility. I've got great, you know, contacts in the industry we got all the manpower we need right here. Um, I feel like I, you know, this is a good opportunity. Um, four months in, we were almost bankrupt and, um, we, we kind of, we, we had to go back to basics and for like two, three weeks in a row, I just hit the phones hard. You know, I went back to how I was initially trained as a, as a lead generation guy. And, um, I hit the phones hard, we were able to save the business and now we're, you know, four, almost fourteen years in with that business. It's a multi seven figure annual business. I haven't run it day to day for probably close to six years or so. It's got 400 people working for it. And that continues to kind of like fuel all the st- all the other stuff that I do because I got that financial runway to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of, yeah, you know, 2010, we opened up the doors to Virtual Staff Finder, which is our VA recruiting company. And we kind of bridged the gap between busy, stressed out entrepreneur and experienced VA in the Philippines. And so uh, 8,000 VAs have been hired in, in 10 years, which is amazing.
0: That is amazing.
2: Uh, and and then, you know, five, six years ago, we opened the doors to Upana, And, you know, out of that, a second selling book, uh, annual conference, memberships, products, coaching programs, and all that wow. fun stuff. So I'm a blessed dude. And I'm well aware of that, but I just want to kind of caveat all of that by saying I've worked my ass off. So I deserve every single thing that I have. Plain I
0: love that. I love that. (laughs) You you take action all the time. Mm -hmm. And and that's the, that's the thing that Mary Fran's always kicking me about. Like you have, you can't just sit there and bitch about it. You have to take the next step of action,
2: but it's not just, it's not just about taking the action. It's about taking intentional action right? Like being intentional with the goals that you set yourself, the things that you learn, that you go out to learn, to pick up so that you can plan more goals so that you can execute on those goals. And so that's kind of what I'm all about. And to your point of kind of being a giving individual, I just, I'll never forget um, seeing, uh, I think it was an actor studio interview Mm -hmm. with Kevin Spacey many years ago. And he was talking about how he met Jack Lemmon on a film set years back and uh, I'm a big movie buff, so I love all this stuff and so um he said to Jack like you know when you reach the top you gotta you gotta send the elevator back down mm. and so that's kind of the things that I'm kind of focused in on that is following Jack Lemons. Kind of it. <laughs> now now of. there's Hopefully a business sending business the philosophy. elevator back down. Not not Kevin Spacey's, just Jack Lennon.
1: Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. So here's the thing that I love about the stuff that you were talking about. Right off the bat, you hit points that are near and dear to our hearts. When you talked about at heart, you are a sales and marketing guy. Kristen mm. and I talk about everybody having this unique brilliance, this thing that's just yours. And from the beginning, you recognized what that was, but then you took it to other places. And not only did you take it to other places, you empowered other people by using your own transferable skill set. So, you know, in creating other businesses, and and then funneling it down to a group of people who Kristen and I were talking before uh, we started to record. You know, you wouldn't necessarily think of building a virtual assistance business in the Philippines.
2: Right. Well, that was, you know, they came about because of problems, right? Like I'm just a big believer. If you want to become successful as a business owner, just provide a solution to somebody's problem. Mm. It's really that like, don't overthink it. It's about as crystal clear and as, as brilliant as that. And so it was August, 2010. I was, um, already building out my own personal army of VAs to help me continue to build our businesses. Some were in the Philippines, some were scattered around the world. I now work with a team of, you know, probably an average of 12 people working on my personal brand and what we do at Youpreneur uh, at any one time. And they're literally all around the world. They're not all in the Philippines, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, one not too far from you, actually, in New York. So, you know, it, it just goes to show you like we are no longer kind of screwed by geographical constraints when it, when it comes to finding the right people to help you build your business. But the business itself, the core element of that business must, must act to be able to solve a problem or provide a solution to someone's problem. So August, 2010, I'll never forget it. There was a guy called Michael. He had the Johnny Bravo cartoon character kind of avatar graphic. And it was a blog comment on a blog post that I wrote about VAs and building a virtual team. And this guy, Michael turned around and said, Hey, if there was only a place that I knew personally, like I knew the people running the business, like could find a good VA, like I'd pay for that. Hands down. <laughs> two, two weeks later, we opened the doors to virtual Starfinder. finder. So we just, and it was like a one page website with like a big now kind of big, buy now button. It's not the thing that you see today, which by the way is between us desperately needs an upgrade. We have not updated that website for probably five years now, but like, because it works. That's why. Yeah. You don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, that, that, that at the core element, I think of every entrepreneur is they've got to be a problem solver. And all I did was listen to my community, listen to my audience, listen to my customers, listen to my prospects, my viewers, my subscribers, my listeners, whatever it is. If you listen intently enough, people will tell you what they need help with. It is on you know to your financial peril if you decide to ignore what they say <laughs> and not develop what they need. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people fall into that. They say, I know this topic, and i'm going to give you everything i know about it but then it doesn't land because that's not necessarily what people want to know about that topic right
2: exactly okay. and and people don't want to do the unsexy work so like i'm i'm a big you know proponent of talking about the fact that you've got to do the unsexy stuff before and and also after the sexy work right so it's you know as you know day to day what i do now is i oversee our group of companies but really what my real day job today is a business coach. I help people build businesses based around their expertise. That's what I do through our coaching program. And so for me, the sexy work is coaching my clients, right? It's, it's, a, it's a one-to-many setup. So there's no one-on-one. It's me with a group of people. And that's the sexy work, but that doesn't mean that I don't have to work with my team to plan out launch dates and stuff envelopes from time to time and, you know, reorder freaking stickers if need be and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Like that's the unsexy work, but it fuels all of the sexiness. There's yeah. a lot of sexy up in here right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're feeling it. We're feeling it on the other side. This is the- bringing the sexy back to the spreadsheets.
0: that's what I run in the opposite direction of.
1: Yeah. Spreadsheet. But you know what, that's actually a valid point. And I think people lose sight of that, particularly, you know, in this virtual world where we can kind of make things look the way we want them to be, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether that's the reality or not. And even that requires effort. Like if you're going to put effort into making yourself look good, make sure you do the work behind it to be sure that there's actually some substance there, because if Mm -hmm. people come to you, because of an appearance and there's nothing there, you're done.
2: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And also like show more of the behind the scenes as well. Like that's yes. a big thing for me. I, yesterday, I shared a picture of my dog laying on laying on his back with his paws up in the air, which is what he does when he's done something wrong. And <laughs> I, I kind of looked at him first. I was like, what are you doing? Like I'm looking for a, you know, like a poop on the floor somewhere <laughs> or something. I don't know. And he had eaten my three-year-old daughter's, you know, spaghetti. And I kind of, you could see like these orange <laughs> around his mouth. And I was like, dude, what are you seriously? So I took a photo and I put it up on Instagram stories. And I was like, does any other, any, anybody else's dog do this when they've done something they should, I get more engagement on a post like that than yeah. I would do if I was to drop some sort of business value bomb. You know what I mean? So it, it's, you've got to, you've got to find that balance as well. I think it's important.
0: I think that's hilarious too. When that happens, you know, one time years ago, I ended up um, in my work for the blind community. I was going to Congress and getting this big thing passed. And that morning I'm in the hotel and I had rollers in my hair. Right. And I took a picture and said, you know, look how presidential I am. I'm headed to Congress. And then that darn thing got more engagement than anything I had ever done ever because, and my mom was like, you put your hair and Oh, you know, like that on
2: Facebook because it's real. You know, because it's real, because people want to do business yeah. with other, like actual people. I call that my P2P philosophy of building relationships, B2B, B2C. No, no more. P2P, people yeah. to people. One of the most engaged social media um posts I've ever put up was on my Facebook page a few years ago now. And it was helping me pick what tie to wear on stage at a keynote in Vegas. It's ridiculous. Like hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of people voted on this thing. I'm like, this is uh-huh. stupid. Like, you know, but but you can't, you can't recreate that three yeah. times a week for your Facebook page. It's just not possible. So I think mm-hmm. it's important to obviously, you know, have that realism, but understand that you can't survive on that. Like, you know, you've yeah. you've got to be relatively scheduled as, as much as you can as well, prepared as much as you can as well.
1: Yeah. I think it also levels the playing field immediately between you and your potential your potential clients. When yes. they see that reality and they recognize that, oh, geez, I did that. If this guy did it and he's successful, then there's automatically a connection built. So being real and authentic and then having the goods behind the scenes to support it and actually give people value sound like the combination.
2: I could not agree with you more. And I think probably the one thing that I get asked about the most, and you know, if I come off a stage somewhere, you know, when it's not illegal to like go to live events, you know, that that sort of thing. But when, you know, when you come off stage or you meet somebody at a, a you know, a, a book signing or, you know, something where there's a gathering, the one thing I get asked about the most than anything else is my burnout. Because I tell the story of how I burnt out Going into t- 2010, after building the business and you know 170 employees, you know first seven year, first seven figure year, and I'm in hospital, you know on on the IVs because of liquids and dehydration and antidepressants, and you know two two years later, direct result, I'm having an L5 S1 spinal fusion because I've crushed the lower part of my back by sitting down in a cheap ass chair for 16 hours a day, five years straight trying to build a business. Like wow. people don't talk. That's the unsexy stuff. Yeah. But when you share it, oh my gosh, it's a game changer. Cause everybody knows how that sort of type of thing could either feel if they haven't actually experienced it or does feel if they have, it's a double whammy all the way.
0: Yeah. Well, I gotta tell you, Chris, when we started the show, it wasn't intended to be like this. We were supposed to be out on live stages around the world with my, you know, Christian Smithley, Chris dream. Is, we, we were going go all little... over the world,
1: right?
2: With your hair and rollers, then, with your hair and, rollers. Yeah,
0: with my rollers in my hair, and then you know everything shut down, and we just decided to turn on. We knew about Zoom and turned on the cameras and just started interviewing, you know. And then the oh my gosh, the guests got bigger and bigger. But to your point of of hearing people's unsexy stories, I mean, I was I'm a single mom, right? I got all this stuff going on, and I was struggling with my kid was home from college and upset, and all this stuff happened every we went live every day talking to people and every single day hearing their story of the reset and rise brought me out of that pit and it it was like a daily darn thing to get me out plus Mary Fran texting me (laughs) saying put your big girl pants on get to Costco and get the kids food and come home
1: and stop crying in your jeep
2: (laughs) I love the sound of Mary Fran this is great we need to hang out
1: (laughs) We do. Oh, I, I, I'm telling you, she has. I used to have long hair. It all fell out when I started working with her. So now it's short.
2: <laughs> Don't get me started on hair loss, ladies. No. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: I gotta tell you, I was looking at all of your stuff um, prior to to the interview, and I and obviously I know you from before, but you know just to do my little due diligence research, and all I kept thinking was this guy's like the freaking wizard of Oz. Like he knew about all this virtual stuff before, like before all virtual stuff, where did this come from? How did you get this brilliant idea? You were like this, this seer of 2020 before it happened.
2: I think, I don't know. Like again, it just, it goes back to like solving problems. Like I remember it was probably 2000, I'm going to say late 2008, early 2009, I picked up a copy of the four-hour work week. It was very new at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I mean, prior to that point, I'd worked with freelancers. I, you know, worked with a, a graphic designer to design a logo or a web developer to design a website, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I never really thought about them as virtual assistants or VAs in any way, um, or even just the term like remote staff or remote team member, they were just they were just a service provider. That was kind of the way I, you know, I thought about them. Yeah. And then when I started to look more and more and more into the whole kind of outsourcing game, because obviously we were in the outsourcing business at the time with our call center, we had a, a BPO center in the Philippines working with a lot of companies, you know, from the US, the UK and Europe and that sort of type of thing. And so the outsourcing world wasn't new to me at all. But then when I started thinking back to when I was still you know, working in past jobs, we didn't have an in-house IT team. They would come in weekly. We didn't have an in-house accounting team. We would send stuff to them, so on and so because if you think about it, outsourcing has been around for decades and decades and decades, right? It's just called like it's just a sexy word for delegation, really, at the end of the day. And so the more I thought about it, the more, you know, I kind of got into it. And I think Tim Ferriss did a great job in bringing that term virtual assistant or VA um, to a much, much, much wider audience uh, for which I will thank him if I ever get the opportunity to meet him because he's helped me make a ton of money. So, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm all about kind of just, you know, wanting to maximize my time as an entrepreneur. I realized that Time is my most valuable commodity as a business owner as a leader as an employer as a husband as a father and so if there's anything that I can do to maximize my productivity maximize my output um, uh, and 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 get more done in less time then i'll do it um, and it's you know now to the point you know well over a decade later where something lands on my desk or in my inbox it's not how am I going to get this done? Or where does this go on my to-do list? The first question is always who can do this for me? You know, who can I give this to, to do for me? Now I'm blessed because I'm in that position, but I wasn't when I first started out, I rolled up the sleeves and did all the work myself, but that's just, that's, that's part of growing baby. That's part of, you know, growing a business. It's that simple. But um, I don't know. I think, it, I think it's, it's just, it's just continued to grow you know? And and it's funny, even though I've pivoted a little bit with Upino and I talk more about personal branding and that expert-based business and work with a lot of coaches and authors and that sort of type of thing, the virtual assistant and and the VA side of things is still very synonymous with my personal brand. People still ask me to keynote on the subject. They Mm -hmm. still ask me to do training sessions for, you know, their members or their communities on the subject. And, I'm all about it. You know, maybe it's because there's a best-selling book in place, virtual freedom, right. Which was what, 2014. Maybe it's because we still have virtual Starfinder still rocking and rolling, or maybe it's just because people still need this stuff and, and they still need the guidance from somebody who's been there and, and done it before a few times. So I, I think, you know, I'll continue to roll with it for as long as I can. I'm having a lot of fun doing it.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here thinking. I I have like one of my ears. I have my mom ears on, and this whole college thing. I keep I'm listening to how you pivot and you you create new systems and and you go in and and just solve problems. And it, you're not your head is not in that typical framework that we tend to put everybody through. You you left college as opposed to and I was just having a conversation with one of my. Uh, mastermind groups the other day about this that all kids are different and and why are we putting them in one box mm. of the whole college experience, you know, and and you're just proof to that conversation that you didn't want to be in this is how step one, step two, step three, step four, your creative mind just goes out and attacks the problem in the way that you do and then look where it's all gone from. Not to say that if kids are listening, <laughs> you should all not go to college. My Don't point is, out of school, kiddos. Yeah. Parents need to understand that their kid is a certain way and they should follow their own path.
2: I agree. And here's the thing. So I I have two kids from my first marriage. They're not kids anymore. They're 25 and 22, almost 26 and 23. And so my eldest, my son, um, he didn't want to go to university Mm -hmm. and he was quite vocal about it. So I said, okay, well, let's sit down because, uh, you know, I'm a good dad. I got the money. You can go if you want. Um, We got to figure out what you're going to do if you're not going to go and further your education. Like you can't just sit around playing video games or go start, you know, like like at this age, you ain't stacking shelves. Like that's a Saturday job for when you're like 15 and you need, you know, gas money or take your girlfriend to the cinema. Like this is real. This is like the real world. Now you're to the point where you're going to want to end up getting your own place in the next year or two, probably. And you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so he wanted to go into health and fitness. He wanted to become a personal trainer. So instead of investing in, you know, a three, four year college, you know, degree or, or university degree, well, I ended up helping him get those qualifications and set him up in that world. Um, and And part of something that came out of that was his love of videography and filming those sessions and stuff at the gym and all the rest of it. Fast forward all these years now, he's got an incredible career as one of the chief cinematographers of one of the largest um, fitness apparel companies in Europe. Wow. He's crushing. The, the the guy, like he he's on airplanes all the time. Like it's wow. crazy. So, wow. and then my daughter, exact opposite. I want to go to university. I want to study business. I want to, you know, bop, 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 bop. So she just graduated. She's now working with us at Youpreneur. She runs all of our social and takes care of all of our member services and stuff like that. And it's perfect for her because she's a a marketing and communications graduate. So I think it really just comes down to being, you know, as parents, I think, and, you know, the word resilient comes into play. I mean, let's be real. Parents are the most resilient mofuckers on the planet, right? Holy mother they are. So so (laughs) I, I think like it's important for us to, you know, show them that we, Want more for them, and that we are here to help them achieve whatever it is they want to achieve. Um, but I, I'm just a big believer in just supporting what they want to do, plain and simple, you know, just supporting yeah. what they want to do. Um, and we have two kids now my second wife, we have a 12 year old and a three year old, and um, which is why I have no hair, evidently. <laughs> um, you say, and, you and say so, that
0: like, yes, no problem, yeah. <laughs> I sleep oh,
2: So, so now, you know, but now I'm in a different spot than what I was all those years ago with the first two, right? Yeah. Now, you know, I've got all these opportunities and things. So how nice life, you know, you just carry on. It's good fun. You know,
1: I'm I'm listening to you though. And your, your, your philosophy as far as business kind of carries over into your personal life too. And I think uh, where you, you talk about that listening, you have to really listen because I mean, let's be real. If you try to force a kid into doing something they don't want to do, it just ain't going to work. But quite honestly, the same applies to business. If you try to force or you personally try to do something that's either not your brilliance, it's not your passion, it's, it's it, at the end of the day, it's going to flame out because there yeah. has to be that part of it. So I want to kind of switch to talk about the youpreneur piece of what you do and how you support people, first of all, help them kind of figure out what the heck it is that, that their passion thing is. And then how, how you turn that into a business? Because of course everybody wants to make money at what they love, but that Mm. ain't always the easy part.
2: It's about, for me, it's about discovering and remaining in your zone of genius as Mm -hmm. much as possible. That's it. So discovering what that zone of genius is, and it's different for all of us. And, and we could, we didn't be in the same industry doing the exact same things for the exact same type of customer avatar, but we have totally different zones of geniuses, right? So really discovering it and owning it and asking yourselves, what do I want to be known for? Like what, when I'm not around, when I'm not at that dinner party or that conference or that coffee morning or on that Zoom call and my name crops up in the conversation. What are people saying about me? That's your personal brand right there, AKA your reputation, right? So what do I want to be known for? Once you discover that, and, and that comes down to like really how you can help people based on your unique experience and expertise. That's basically it. So mm-hmm. figuring out what you want to be known for and then figuring out just as importantly, who it is that you want to work with, because you know, I could, I could teach uh, millennials, um, you know, I could teach 24, 25, 26-year-olds how to build a powerful personal brand, uh, and 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 you know, grow massive YouTube channels and land ridiculous sponsorship gigs and all that kind. Of, I could do that if I wanted to, but I don't want to. I don't <laughs> want to work with those people, right? do that so, with
1: your kids.
2: So, so what I want, <laughs> I got to deal with that at the dinner table. I don't, I don't need that like all day long. So. <laughs> So what do do I I want to do is I want to work with people that are kind of, you know, mid-30s and beyond. And, you know, I think my oldest client right now is 67 or something, mid-30s and beyond. People who have been there, done it, have had a real true blue career, regardless of industry or niche, and have now realized that they want to start taking it a little bit easier if they're a little further along in their life, or that they actually genuinely want to start cashing in on all that expertise. Because it's one thing that I know for sure, that is that people today are way more likely to invest in downloading your experience bank from your head and sticking it into the back of theirs. It's now. They're more likely to do that now than ever before in the history of the world. So if you've got, 10 years of, of, of experience in one particular industry or niche, then you can quite easily turn it into a six figure plus business. Like, and within a year, like you don't need to wait for that to happen. Right. I had to self edit myself there. I was, <laughs> was going to go, I was, I was going to go a little Gary V right there, but you <laughs> You don't need to wait for that to happen. Like you shouldn't have to wait. You've been in it already for like ten plus years, whatever it might be. You you shouldn't have to wait to grow a six figure business. The difference between those that do it and do not do it is, quite frankly, mentorship and coaching and surrounding yourself with people who get it that they're on the same journey. And that for me is, you know, the the stimulus behind everything that we do with Upener, particularly the Upener. Incubator, which is our coaching and mastermind group. Um, you know, we've got people that have had 25 years in the financial industry who are now wanting to become best-selling authors and highly paid keynote speakers in the industry. Um, we've got you know mumpreneurs who have you know been helping mums, uh, you know, coaching mums to living you know less hectic, less stressful lifestyles through, or you know, organization or you know whatever the case may be that's, that's, you know, online courses, mentorship, coaching, live events, everything, all that is there. We've got people who are in the marketing communications world who work with big companies that are tired of going one-on-one with clients and want to go one-to-many and scale, right? So many different people we can help with, with what we teach. Um, And that for me is, is the stuff that gets me to swing my legs out of the bed in the morning.
1: That's fantastic. You, you know, you talk about this whole, um, this, br- I just keep coming back to the brilliance word because we are so, we are so intent on that because, you know, we both had our own train wrecks and sucker punches. Kristen has the two blind kids. My son dealt with heroin and substance abuse for many, many years. But within all of that, we found this brilliance that it's there. It's this inherent thing, you know, and the, the idea that you tell everybody, look, same thing. It's there. What's your unique brilliance. And then how can you take that and scale it and move it forward? So you're also talking about everybody making this their best year yet. And we're talking about making it your most brilliant year yet. So given these crappy global circumstances, (laughs) how do we do that?
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, you do it by leaning in to that uniqueness or leaning into that brilliance that you have right like and and actually doing it quite unapologetically if I may be so bold to say as well um you know you you could have let, let's talk health coaches for a minute right like health and fitness is a big thing right now mm-hmm. um particularly with you know people not being able to you know spend as much time away from home as they might want to et cetera, et cetera. You know, when you go into something like a pandemic, you might start eating more junk to make yourself feel good. It doesn't last very long. You might, you know, have an extra shot of vodka or scotch in the evening because it makes you feel good. It doesn't last very long. However, the effects of doing that every single night for six months will last for a while. Right. Yeah. And so I think health and fitness is a big thing. So it's a good example to use. I could, I could, I could be working with two completely different coaches in that industry. Both serving the exact same type of individual. Maybe they're working with, you know, executives that are burnt out in their 40s, male or female, um, uh, that are handling a whole bunch of stuff in their life. And health and fitness could be the thing that keeps them sane, right? Like keeps them getting up in the morning, whatever it might be. The coach who's going to do the best, not only in terms of monetary income, but in terms of actually serving their clients the best, the coach out of those two coaches that's going to have the best performing career is going to be the one that leans into their uniqueness more than anything Else. So they could have exactly the same workouts, exactly the same diet list, exactly the same shopping list for people to go out and get the stuff for their diet, right? You can have exactly the same looking websites, everything. But that sales video on those two websites can be very different. The way you uh, interact with people as part of the sales process could be very different. The way that you actually get people healthier is going to be very different. And whoever leans into that brilliance and into that uniqueness the most, and with the most unapologetic view of doing so, they will be the ones that are the most successful um, because of the fact that they are being true to themselves, being true to the people that they want to work with. Um, And because of that, they'll do their best work. It's really that simple, you know? So, So, I mean, if you want to have a great year, just zone in on that, on that kind of zone of genius that you've got and be unapologetically you all the time. And here's a newsflash. Not everybody's going to like you. And that's (laughs) fine. That's absolutely fine. What we want to do here is we want to market like a magnet. I say this all the time. Like you want to attract the best type of people into your ecosystem, the people that are going to get you and your silly little jokes and that that funny little hat that you might wear in your YouTube videos or whatever it is, like your vibe will attract your tribe, right? Mm-hmm. So ultimately lean into more of that, market like a magnet, attract the right people, but just like a magnet at the exact same time, it's repelling away the people that don't get you, that don't like your vibe. You know, the people that like, you know, after 29 days of a 30-day money-back guarantee, they rock up and they say, I want my money back. We don't need people like that in our world. They can stay the heck away from me. I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm keeping it real. I don't need people like that in my ecosystem. So I'll repel those away by saying exactly what I'm saying right now. Yeah. Right? And that's what you got to do. Market it like a magnet.
0: I love it. I saw somebody one time said, when people unsubscribe from your email list, cheer. You
2: don't want yeah. them. Yeah. couple of reasons. Number one, they're not going to pay attention to what you're saying anyway. <laughs> Duh. Um, and, and number two, uh, it's cheaper for you because almost every email service provider out there will charge you based on the size of your list. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh yeah. No, I mean, we, we actually, we, we do 90 day cleansing. Well, I call them cleansing. My digital development manager, she calls them culling. <laughs> Culling episode let's call them the herd. yeah so every every 90 days we go into the list and we we actually look if anybody has not opened one of our emails and we email once a week if we're doing any promotions or whatever it could be up to maybe three times a week right mm-hmm. but if you've been on our list for 180 days and you've not opened one of our emails you're done yeah. You got your freebie, whatever it was you signed up for. You got it. Yeah. Chances are you probably never even freaking opened the file to look at what you downloaded, whatever it is, right? <laughs> so you're you're off the list. You're 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 out of the will. You're cut out. That's it.
1: That's so freeing. To, to mm. just That's so to Mary Fran. That's so <laughs> me. I'm like yes, bye. Yeah. I'm like
0: you know, I'll I was talking to a good and saying, "What's up? How's your day?" And Mary Fran's like, "Get out. Cut him off."
2: I was I was talking to a good friend of mine. She's also one of my mentors. Her name is Carrie Wilkerson. She's amazing. You would love her for the show. I'm
1: right um, oh, yeah. I'll,
2: I'll be happy to introduce you. She's she's a Texas girl. She's amazing. You're gonna love her. Um so Carrie and I have known each other about a decade, and we're both in the kind of the coaching consulting game. She's a big keynote speaker as well over in the US. And long story short, um, we were on Zoom with each other about a month ago, and she was telling me about this new program that she's launching, and she's like you know, I'm, ch- I'm charging like six grand for this thing. I'm like, really? You don't feel like that? Maybe that's just a little, a little high. Uh, you know, here's me like second guessing like, my <laughs> men- one of my mentors. Right. And she's like, <laughs> you know what she said to me? She said, I'm done with the randoms. I'm done with the zero action takers. I can't be bothered with many more. I'm getting too old for this crap. <laughs> I just, if people are gonna pay more, they're more likely to take action. They're the folks I want to work with. I think I'm I gonna it. love this woman. I get it. Oh, yeah, you're gonna love her. You're gonna <laughs> love her. I'll I'll make sure that to, to do an intro for you.
0: That's hilarious. I am sitting here thinking, I'm like, we Mary Fran and I do a um Discover Your Brilliance challenge. And then you're like that that next step. I'm like, we need to now do an event together. Could you imagine how hilarious that much fun that would be? Getting people to I mean, you guys can kick them in the butt about what the their bed. brilliance is and get out there and take action. Obviously, yeah. so, my, my
2: um, wife, my wife calls it, uh, I'll, uh, you know, if you work with Chris, he will hold your feet to the fire when it comes to your goals, which I think is a really nice way of basically saying that I'm going to kick your ass even if you're hit <laughs> your targets.
1: Mary Fran lights the fire. Yeah. Then you can- I do like the fire. I, I, well, I was going to say I might pour gasoline on it, but that's a little bit, that's a bit much. That's a little over the top, even for me. So, Chris, this has been a phenomenal discussion, which we could continue for hours and hours and hours. But being respectful of your life over there in the UK, let's just let people know where we can find all of your brilliance, how they can get involved with you and connect and uh, share some of your Chris Duckerness. <laughs>
2: well, if hey if they're suckers for punishment they can head over to they can head over to chrisducker.com or you can follow me uh on twitter instagram all the socials at chrisducker awesome and
1: the, and the book is available you have two books
2: yeah so virtual freedom rise of the youpreneur they're both available on amazon any good bookstore if if they don't if a bookstore doesn't have my books in it it's not a good bookstore don't that's go the way there. i look at it <laughs>
0: You heard it here first, people. You heard it here first. Don't shop there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, boycott. Boycott the bookstore.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This was even more fun than I thought it was going to be, and I knew it was going to be a good time. And I will also add, if you are, well, if you're not on Clubhouse yet, what are you doing with your life? Get on Clubhouse because it's so fun. And follow Chris because you, Chris is in the rooms that are so much value and good people, and I, I, um, I, I listen while I shovel the snow here in Philly. So it's good stuff. And then uh, if you're still looking for resources to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance, just go to brilliantlyresilient.net, blink three times, and this magical window is gonna come up where you can put in your email and we'll send you all kinds of things to, to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance. And thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, Rise and reveal your brilliance.